I'm going to get straight to the word of God today. Is that cool with you guys? Oh, man, I need to. Is that cool with you guys? Hey, I don't know about you, but I love the word of God, all right? Like, I love reading it. I love talking about it. I think it brings life. It brings hope. Uh, it helps me to be convicted in areas of my life that I need to turn around. And, and man, so I really believe that after uh, first service this morning, it was incredible. Five people gave their hearts and lives to Jesus. And I believe there's many more today that the Spirit of God is already drawing you closer to him. And so, uh, man, let's get straight to the word. The message is dry or drenched. Somebody say dry or drenched. First Kings chapter 18 is where we're going to be. If you have your Bible, turn there. If you have your app on your phone, 1 Kings chapter 18, starting in verse 41. It says, Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. Amen. Come on. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, not the tree, a mountain, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Now, some of y'all in this place are like, I don't think I could do that anymore at this point in my life. Could not put my face between my knees. I'm right there with you. Praise God, this is 30. Message, uh, verse 43, right here. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. He went up and looked. There is nothing here, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. Seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, a heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. So, I don't know if you know this, but we are in a drought, okay? We have been in a drought for a while, and it's pretty bad, y'all. It's pretty bad. It is one of the worst droughts that we have ever seen. I always feel really bad because there's a lot of people that have just moved to this area very recently from out of state or, you know, some people that moved here. I met them recently from Minnesota. Like, you know, she just moved in, and I was like, I am so sorry that you moved to Texas in the last two months. It is not always as hot, I promise. And they're always like, yeah, we've heard that. <laughs> but it's awful right now. It is so hot, and there's no rain at all. And it's one of the worst stages that we've ever been in. But the problem with the drought is that it just doesn't just affect farmers like you would think, right? It doesn't just affect the crops, but it affects every area of life. It affects you in ways that maybe you don't realize or maybe affects your neighbor in a way that, that you don't realize. But it's not just agriculture, but it's also economic. And it's our ecosystem and, and the rivers and the lakes. And there's so much that goes into it. And they call it the drought domino is what they call it. Uh, maybe it starts with a farmer's crops dying, maybe some corn crops. And then farmers maybe don't have enough money to buy a tractor from a dealership that's in town. And then the dealer loses money. And now what the dealer has to decide is, I might have to lay off a couple of people. And if the drought gets bad enough, well, now we might even have to close this place down because we really just aren't selling anything. And, and the dealership closing down, now what's that? That's going to cause even more economic problems. So what you see is the longer the drought gets, the worse it is for everybody involved. And I feel like some of you in this place, you know, as, I, as I was thinking about the drought that we've been in and, and the water restrictions that we've had here and, and Kyle and everything, it just got me thinking about 
dry land and the drought. And, and man, I think some of you that are here in this place today, you might feel spiritually dry. And maybe you've been in that place before. I know I certainly have. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand, but maybe there's some of you that feel that right now. Like, I just feel like I'm in kind of a spiritual drought. I don't feel very full of the Holy Spirit. I don't feel full of God. I, it's been a while since I've maybe felt God's presence in my life. It's been a while since I've, I've really worshiped and, and, and just cried and like felt God, you know? And, and, and I, I understand that. I've been there before and maybe some of you are here and you're in this season of kind of spiritual decline. And, and I feel like the word of God that I have for you today is that God is saying, it's time for the drought to end. It's time for some spiritual rain in your life. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit wants to move in your life. God wants to pour out his presence. It says in the Old Testament, the prophet, he says, man, in the last days, I will pour my spirit out upon all flesh. God wants to pour his Holy Spirit out on you and he wants to refresh you and your spiritual walk with Jesus today, right here, right now. Come on, is there somebody that wants to be refreshed by Jesus today? Say amen, that's me, I hope that's you. And it's, you need the power of God to fall in your life, you need it. You need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you. And here's the thing, it's not just for you. It's also for your family. It's for your kids. It's for the people around you. This is why you need this because the drought doesn't just affect the farmers, but it affects everyone else around them. In the same way, spiritual renewal and spiritual refreshment by the power of the Holy Spirit and the reign of God coming in you and through you in your life it's not just for you, but it's for your kids. It's for your family. It's for your coworkers. It's for the people around you. So today, I'm just asking for the refreshing reign of God to fill this place and to bring an end to the spiritual drought that some of you may be facing in your life. You ready for that? Come on, let's pray. Jesus, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come into this place right now. We already feel the presence of God here. I already know that you're here. Holy Spirit, and we thank you for that. And I pray that there's somebody here today right now that needs to get right with you, that needs to give their life to you. Maybe somebody feels disconnected from you, God. They just haven't felt your presence in a while. They, they haven't heard your voice. They don't have direction in their life. And God, I just pray, Lord, that the rain and the refreshing of your Holy Spirit would pour over each and every one of us today. Help me to preach this word. Let it not be my words, but let it be yours. Open up our eyes, ears, and hearts to receive. And all God's people said, Amen. I'm going to break this passage down. We're going to start in verse 41. Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink for there is the sound of heavy rain. There is a sound of heavy rain. Now, I don't know if when you read the story, you think that he's actually hearing rain, but that is not the case. He's not like one of these trackers or whatever that, you know, put his ear to the ground and just like feel and hear that there's rain coming in the distance. No, no, that's not what he's doing, right? He's feeling the presence of God in that moment and he knew what God was about to do. Let me tell you a little bit of backstory in this, uh, where we're at right now in scripture. So Elijah was a prophet, a great man of God. And it talks about Ahab here. And, and this is King Ahab. King Ahab was actually not a great king. It's kind of a terrible dude. In fact, it says that he did, uh, he was worse than every other king that had come before him uh, for God's people. And he had allowed this, uh, these prophets of Baal, who's a false god, 
there were so many of these uh, false gods and, and people worshiping these other gods, not the one true God that we serve. And, and so the, God's people were straying away from his commands and straying away from worshiping him. And this king was allowing it to happen. In fact, he was encouraging it to happen. And so Elijah had prayed that it would not rain because God's judgment was coming on uh, God's people. And, and he's like, man, it's not gonna rain for three and a half years. It's gonna be a long time. It ain't gonna rain, all right? It's gonna be a long time. And so Elijah prays that it wouldn't rain and it doesn't. And, and God is basically showing the people, hey, listen, this is what happens when you go far away from me. I've given you clear commands and you're not worshiping me. And so there's 450 prophets of Baal is what it says. And Elijah says, you know what? Enough is enough. It's time to see whose God is legit, all right? Too legit to quit. And so he goes up to the mountain. He takes all these 450 prophets of Baal. He puts a big old sacrifice up in the middle of this mountaintop, right? And all, all these people are gathered around. He says, all right, why don't you guys call on your God and then I'll call on my God. And then we'll see which God responds with fire and consumes the sacrifice, so all these prophets be jumping around, doing some crazy dances and all this kind of stuff. They're cutting themselves. They're, they're tearing their clothes off. They're crying out to this false god, Baal. And, and there's 450 of them. You got to imagine that's a pretty loud sound. They're crying out to this god and, and ain't nothing happening. Nothing. Elijah starts making fun of him. He basically ends up saying, is your God, you know, do you take a bathroom break? That's actually in scripture. You can go read it for yourself. He's like, is he, is he on the potty? Like, hey, what's going on? Like, is he gone? Is he on vacation? I kid you not. That's what Elijah says. The dude was cold, all right? Like he was awesome. And so nothing happens. And Elijah finally says, you know what? Okay, my turn. He takes buckets and buckets and buckets of water. And he says, all the servants, pour the water on top of the sacrifice. Just pour some water on it. They start dumping it. He's like, more. They're like, you sure about that? Okay, so they keep pouring more and more and more. Finally, it says there's like a trench around the sacrifice of water. And Elijah says a short prayer. And then, bam, the fire of God comes down and consumes this sacrifice. And you got to imagine, everybody is just in awe of what has just happened. Their heart's convicted, right? And what ends up happening is they take all 450 of these false prophets, prophets of Baal, serving other gods. They take them down, and they're executed at the bottom of the mountain. They said, nah, we are getting rid of the evil that is in this land. And we're gonna go back to serving the one true God. So that's the backstory. And then right after that, Elijah goes right back up to the mountain. And that's where we pick up right here is that he's saying, okay, it's time to pray for rain on the land. And he didn't hear anything, but he was feeling the presence of God. He knew that God was about to move. And you got to imagine, Elijah is on a high right now. He's on a spiritual high, y'all. He has just seen God respond in fire and consume this watery sacrifice on the top of the mountain. And then all of this evil has just been purged out of the land. And he knows that God is ready to work a miracle to bring refreshing to the land. Why? Because the evil had been purged from the land. Now the purpose of the drought had been fulfilled. So he knows, hey, the evil's gone. It's time for the rain and the refreshing of God's spirit to come back over this land and God's gonna do some amazing things. And so I have a question for you. Are you in a spiritual drought because maybe you're still holding on to sin in your life? You want the refreshing waters of God, but you won't let go of the desert lifestyle. Honestly, look within yourself. Uh, you want God to work in you and through you in power and, and you want to feel the presence of God, but you also still want to be messing around with the old ways that you used to live. And then you're wondering what's going on. 
Can I just be honest? Ain't gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Why? Because we know that the power of God and the presence of God, he is perfect, he is holy, and he does not mix well with sin, okay? It does not happen. It's oil and water, people. And it ain't gonna happen. And so many times I think in our lives as Christians and, and as Christ followers and definitely people that don't believe in God, man, we, we want the power of God in our lives, but we don't wanna live holy. We want God to do amazing things in our lives, but we're still trying to hold on to some of our old ways. And then we get depressed and we're wondering like, why is God, I can't feel the presence of God anymore. I mean, it's because you got sin in your life. You got to purge that stuff out of you. The Bible gives in many, many places, clear instructions on what to do with the sin that is in your life. What to do with the selfish desires that wage war within you. What does the Bible say? It says to kill them. It says, kill it. Get it out of there. It's gone. It says in Romans 8, 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will what? Live. Galatians 5 actually says that we are to crucify the flesh. What is it doing right there? He's giving us an image of the same way that Jesus was crucified on the cross. It's in the same way. You need to put your sin and nail it up on the cross and crucify it. Get rid of it so that God can pour out his refreshing rain in your life and the power of his Holy Spirit in your life. Come on, if you're holding on to sin, it's going to hinder what God can do in your life. There's no way around it. And so once Elijah had taken care of this evil and the sin of the land, God was able to pour out refreshment on it. So are you crucifying your flesh? Your desires for you know, the things of this world, the old way that you used to live, like are you daily doing that within yourself? Because if you will leave behind your sin, if you leave behind your old ways, man, God will be able to pour out his spirit in your life and you will see an abundance of peace and joy that you have never had in your entire life before. I guarantee it. Somebody say, amen. So he tells Ahab to go eat and drink, get ready to go. And Ahab... He gets up and he says, okay, like you hear this heavy rain coming apparently, let's go. So he goes down to eat and drink. But you know good and well that Ahab could have thought that Elijah was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Come on now, you hear rain? Ain't no clouds around, Elijah. (laughs) Like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Like, I know you just did that cool little pony trick with like the whole fire from heaven thing, but like there are no clouds around. I, I don't really know. I don't hear anything. It doesn't look like it's going to rain. It doesn't sound like it's going to rain. And it hasn't rained in a really long time. And I almost imagine if Ahab would have said something like that to Elijah, if I was Elijah in that moment, and maybe I'm thinking what he would have said, he would have said something like, listen, I know that you don't see it and hear it, but I know that God is about to work a miracle. Now, I'm not going to call you out today, but, but maybe you might be a realist in this place today, right? You might call yourself a realist, and, and you think of the facts and the logic behind everything. And, and, and some Christians, and I'm not trying to call you out here, and that's why I'm not having you raise your hand, because some Christians call themselves realists, but I think what you should probably be called is faithless, okay? That's what Jesus probably would have called you. O ye of little faith. When the disciples are in the boat and the winds and waves are going crazy, Jesus is chilling. He's asleep. Why? Because he is not bound by the facts of the situation. He doesn't see what's going on around and it does not phase him. It doesn't phase him. Why? Because he has authority over the wind and the waves. And he comes out and says, you have little faith. And then he speaks to the storm and says, be still. And they said, who is this? 
that even the wind and the waves obey him. So I think many times we call ourselves realists when, when many times Jesus would say, no, that's just called being faithless. What about the facts? What about the facts, Trevor? What about the fact? This is the reality of the situation here. Well, it's a good thing my God is not bound by your facts, people. God is a supernatural God. He is above any fact that you can ever imagine. He is outside of space and time. Like, we cannot understand God. If you were able to understand God, he would not be God, right? And so you might feel like God's about to do a miracle in your life, but you might have somebody in your life saying, hey, man, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Because you think that God's about to do something in your life, but man, your life looks nasty right now. You see this situation here, like, like do you hear what I hear? Like, like, it ain't happening. This is not good. You look at the circumstances, look at what's going on. Just be practical, right? You might hear something like that. Be realistic. Get your head out of the clouds that aren't even there, Elijah. There are literally no clouds for your head to be up in, all right? Like, they're not happening. It's not there. And so the next time someone tries to diminish your faith in God, in our God, who can do exceedingly more than we can ask, think, or imagine, the God who created the universe, the God who directs the wind and the waves, I want you to quote Matthew 19, 26 to them that goes with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are what? Possible. Come on, with God, all things are possible. There was no physical sound. Elijah was hearing the sound of heaven. You could say, listen, you might hear this, but my ears are tuned to a different frequency. My ears are tuned to the frequency of heaven. I see things differently than you see them. You might look at the facts. You might look at the logic, but I'm going to be looking at faith. You hear nothing. I hear something. You hear drought. I hear downpour. You hear dry, and I hear drenched, and you hear defeat, but I hear victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, give praise to him. We serve a God of the impossible, amen? Have some faith that God's gonna pour out his presence on you and do something in you and through you, whether it looks like it's possible or not. So Ahab, verse 42, went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, put his face between his knees, Go look toward the sea, he told a servant. He went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. Somebody say, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. You might as well just give up. There ain't nothing there. You've been praying for this miracle for a long time. Realistically, it's just not gonna happen. That person that you've been praying for to find God in their life to overcome that addiction, that person you've been praying for, I just don't see it happening. It's probably time to give up on that. You've been asking for a healing and it's just not coming. That relationship, it's just not gonna be mended anymore. There's just nothing there anymore. There's no love there anymore. It's, it's probably just not possible. When I was reading this verse, I was reminded of Ezekiel chapter 37, another time when it seemed like there was nothing there. It's about the valley of dry bones. And Ezekiel has this vision where God takes him into this valley of bones and God asks him a very important question. He says, can these bones live? And Ezekiel says, only you know, Lord. God then instructs Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones. And what starts to happen in this vision is incredible, is that he starts to see tendons form around these bones. They start coming together and then he sees 
flesh and muscle come around these bones, and, but they're not alive yet. And so God says to prophesy to the, the people, to prophesy to these bodies, and the breath of God would come into them. And so Ezekiel just does what the Lord says. He prophesies and, and, and breathes the breath of God into them, and, and they stand up, and now there's this large army standing in front of them in this massive valley. And what does this have to do with anything, Pastor Trevor? <laughs> the chapters right before this talk about how the Babylonians had absolutely ransacked Jerusalem. They destroyed it, destroyed their temple, took their people captive, and left the city absolutely in ruins. There was little to no hope that a restoration would be able to take place for the city. I mean, if you looked at the facts of the situation, you looked at the city, it's like, well, there's no way. It's completely destroyed. It is left in rubble. All of our people are gone. They've taken us captive. It is a hopeless situation. How could this great nation live again? It was very similar to this valley of dry bones. And this is what God was trying to get across to Ezekiel. And it says dry bones specifically. And I want to make sure that we hit that because it's not like just a bunch of dead bodies out there, some corpses. No, it's like dry, bone dry. Like they've been dead for a while. Impossible. Ain't going to happen. Crusty bones. All right. They ain't going to come back to life. That's what it's like. That's the imagery that we're getting here. No hope for recovery. But then in Ezekiel 37, verse 12, it says, Therefore prophesy and say to them, to the people of Israel, My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. Can I just tell you, I think that is a word for somebody in this place today, that you are feeling spiritually dry, and God is saying to you right now, I will bring you up out of your grave. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and you will know that it is I that has done it. The best part about all of this is it is not you that has to do it. It's God that does it in you and through you. God wants to pour his spirit out upon you today and refresh you in your life. You might feel spiritually dry. You might be in a bad place right now in your life, but God wants to flip that thing around for good. And I believe that God's done it for you. God's done it for me. There's somebody, is there anybody that's been saved and your life was spiritually dry, but God has just completely changed your life. Like, can you give God praise for 10 seconds? If that's you, it's me, for real. Man, when it looks like nothing is there, ain't, there's nothing there. God can turn nothing into something. He can take what's dead and bring it back to life. He can make it rain where it hasn't rained in years, and when it seems like there's no hope for you, and maybe your life resembles more of a valley of dry bones than it does a river full of living water, God can turn it around and bring the rain of his Holy Spirit and give you a new life. There might not be anything right now, but just keep praying. You might not see it right now, but keep praying. You might not see the possibility right now, but keep praying, keep going after God. Keep believing that God can do it. It says in verse 44, the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain 
stops you. Now, I wanna talk about the servant for a second, all right? The servant was simply reporting the facts. His job wasn't to, his job wasn't to have the faith. That was Elijah's job. His job was just to, hey, go tell me what's going on. Go tell me what you see. So the servant's going up there and he says, I don't see anything. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. And finally, he says, a cloud as small as a man's hand. I see you. Now I want everybody, put your hand up right out in front of you like this. Stretch it out in front of you and close one eye and look at it. Now, realistically, if you saw a cloud that small, that far away, would you immediately be like, all right, it's about to rain. <laughs> Honestly, that's like seeing a cloud, a tiny cloud over Austin and me being like, it's about to torrentially downpour here in Kyle, Texas. That's the equivalent. And yet that's all Elijah needed. That's all he needed to see. He was like, oh man, here we go. That little tiny cloud, the servant's like, are you sure about this? He's like, absolutely. I believe God's about to work a miracle right now. God's about to bring his refreshing. God is about to pour out his spirit right now. God is about to bring rain upon this land. And you need to go tell Ahab to get ready, get his chariot ready. He's got to get out of here because if he doesn't get out of here, he's going to get stuck in the mud. That's what a lot of the commentators say, is they say the reason he says this is because Ahab would ride a big chariot, of course. He's the king. And so what do we know about when land gets dry and cracked and, and it, it, the place that they lived is very dry and is deserty, right? What do we know? If it torrentially downpoured over the land, it would cause what? A bunch of mud. And his chariot wheels would get stuck in the mud. And Elijah has so much faith in that moment that it's about to rain. He says, Ahab, you better get out of here right now because if you don't leave, your chariot is gonna get stuck in the mud of the rain that God is about to bring upon this land. That is some real confidence, amen? That's all he needed to see. And it says, then meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, a wind rose and a heavy rain started falling. And Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah and tucking his cloak in his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Remember what I just said about Ahab? He was in a chariot, y'all. And this dude, Elijah, says, all right, here we go. <clears throat> just take, takes off and just starts running after him. And it says that he beats him to Jezreel, which is miles and miles away. Elijah, full of God's power, outran a chariot over the course of miles and miles. Let me tell you, when the spirit of the Lord comes on you, you can do the impossible. Why? Because God is in you and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And he lives in you if you give your life to Jesus and you will see the impossible happen in your life. You will see miracles happen in you and through your life. You might feel weak. You might feel like you are not enough. But let me encourage you that Christ in you is always more than enough. Isaiah 40, 31 says he gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even the youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Let me tell you, some of you today need to get on your knees and put your face between your knees and pray until God moves in your life. 
you need to pray earnestly and wait. And when it says there's nothing there, the people in your life come back and say, man, there's nothing there. You say, no, 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 I'm gonna keep praying. I'm gonna keep believing. And it'll go back and look again. And somebody comes back and says, Trev, I really don't know if it's gonna happen. No, 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 I'm gonna keep praying. I'm gonna keep believing that God's gonna do something here. God wants to do something. He's gonna bring his refreshing rain. He's gonna work a miracle right now. And they're like, I don't know. You say, you go back and look again. Because I believe that my God is able to do more than I could ever ask, think, or imagine. That I would serve a God of the impossible. And come on, I hope that there's somebody in this place today that is feeling the same thing that I'm feeling today. Is that God wants to pour out his spirit upon you today. And after you pray and after you see that little cloud that is as big as a man's hand, man, you need to get up and tuck in your shirt, tuck in your dress, ladies. And y'all need to start running to where God has you to run in your life because you are already celebrating in advance the victory that God has given you. Amen? Your life looks like dry bones. You, you might be in a spiritual drought right now. You might feel disconnected from God. You might feel like you can't feel his presence. But God wants to reign his spirit over you and I today and give you the power to run the race that he has called you to. The Bible says, man, I want to run the race until the end. I have finished the race. I have fought the good fight all the way to the end. God doesn't want you to fight it halfway. He doesn't want you to run it halfway. What sprinter that's running 100 meters stops at 50? Come on now. And now I don't, I don't know who you are in this story. You might be Ahab. You might be the king. And he is all kinds of jacked up. Very far from God. He was serving other gods like 10 minutes before this, right before service today you were serving other gods, okay? Idols. You were serving other things in your life. You're serving yourself. You know that you're far away from God. You know that you need to get right with God. Maybe you're Ahab in the story. Or maybe you're the servant. Maybe you're this guy who just says, hey, I'm just here looking at the facts. I'm just looking at what I'm seeing. I'm not seeing anything out there. And all I'm doing is reporting back to Elijah what I'm seeing. And, and this person kind of represents the apathetic, the person that doesn't really have the faith, the person that doesn't say, you're serving God and you know God, but you just feel disconnected from God. You don't have the same faith that maybe you did before, or I don't know what that looks like for you. You're just not feeling it the same way as Elijah is. Maybe you're Elijah today and you are full of the Holy Spirit and you are fired up and ready to go. Let me encourage you today, you can get here. I am here right now. It's an amazing feeling. It's incredible. You know why? Because I used to be over here. I was here. And there's many times, I'm gonna be honest, some of y'all are over here and y'all just need to get saved today. You need to get your life right with Jesus. You need to give your life to him. He will change your life. He will change you from the inside out, man. But many of us, I think what we do is we bounce back and forth between these two people. You're on like a spiritual high and you're like, yes, Lord, amazing things are happening. Come on, yes. And then over time, you're like, eh, I'm not really feeling you. I'm not feeling it. I'm not hearing from God. I feel disconnected. And then God speaks to you, or you hear something, you feel something in your heart. And you're like, yes, Lord, I'm back over. I'm Elijah again. Here we go. And then you go back. This is just like the Israelites. This is just like God's people, what they did, back and forth. Serving God, eh, not really so much. Sometimes they went over here. You know what I mean? Like, they're always going back and forth. Give yourself some grace. Even the Israelites did that. Even the disciples were bouncing back and forth between these two spots. And yet what I, 
what I think God wants for us today is if you're here or here, he wants to pour out his presence on you today and move you into a place of faith, believing that God wants to work in you and through you and do something incredible in your life. Do you believe that today? Would you stand up with me? I just wanna ask you this question. It's a simple question, and it's are you dry or drenched? Are you spiritually dry? You feel like you're in a drought? And you just need, you need God to do something in your life. Or are you drenched? I believe there's some people that are dry here today that need to say yes to Jesus. And maybe you're in this season of spiritual drought and he wants to drench you in his love and his presence. And man, you might not know anything about God, but man, let me just encourage you that God loves you. Maybe it's the first time you've been in church in a long time. Maybe it's the first time you've ever been in church, man. God cares about you. He loves you. You don't have to stay in the same place anymore. You don't have to stay over here, man. God can move you into an amazing new life with Him. It's not gonna be perfect. You're still gonna have troubles. I have troubles all the time. But now I have a God who's on my side, who fights the battles with me, that there is no giant that is too big. There's no mountain that's too tall, man. Jesus is on my side and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Like I just know Bible now, you know what I'm saying? I have the peace of God within me, it's amazing. And you can have that too. God wants that for you right now. We're about to sing a song called Let It Rain. I don't know if you know it, if you do, I, I sure hope you'd sing it with us. And simply what we're gonna be doing is asking the Spirit of God to reign over us today. The refreshment of the Holy Spirit to reign over us right here, right now. And man, if that's you and you just need the presence and power of God in your life, whether you're far from Him or you just feel disconnected from Him, I encourage you, would you just lift your hands to God today? Courage in the first service, He said, man, it's so much easier to receive when you have an open hand. And I love that. If you have an open hand, you have a lifted hand up to God, say, man, God, I'm ready for the reign of your Holy Spirit to come and refresh me today, right now. I want you to lift your voice and sing today. Let it rain, let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Come on, would you sing this with us right now? Come on, let's sing Let It Rain. Come on, we need your presence, Lord. Let it rain, Lord. Come on, God. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Thank you, Lord. Let it rain, Jesus.
sing it out. Open the floodgates. God, we need you. Let it rain. Let it rain. Thank you, God. Would you pour your spirit out, Lord? Refresh us today. Renew us. Renew our hearts, God. today, God. Thank you, Lord. somebody here today it's time for you to say yes to Jesus the Holy Spirit is here God is ready to pour out his love his grace his mercy his forgiveness on you and man you've just been holding back you've been holding on to the old way and God is saying man get rid of the old man get rid of the old woman turn away from your sin and man just turn to me the bible says that anyone that calls upon the name of the lord will be saved jesus died for you he died for me and he wants a relationship with you. the best part about it is that he didn't stay dead but three days later he rose again amen come on and he is alive and well and he's speaking to you right now so with every head bowed every eye closed i want to give you the opportunity to say yes to jesus if that's you and you know that that's you, I encourage you, man, on the count of three, lift up your hand and look right up at me. I want to know who I'm praying with today. You say, Pastor Trevor, I need to get right with God. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand. I see you, my man. I see you. Yes, I see you. I see you right here. I see you. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Seven, eight. My man. My man. Yes. I see you, bro. I love you, man. Anybody else? Come on. When, when I see you, you can put your hand back down. I just want to know who I'm praying with. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I want to make sure I see you. Right here. Yes, I see you. Oh, my goodness. Anybody else? Raise it high and proud. Yes, I see you. God's doing something in your life, yeah? He's working in you right now. God is good. He's got so much more for you. I really believe that. Anybody else? Man, 
man, it's like every week. So many people saying yes. It's beautiful. I love this. I do this the rest of my life. This is amazing. Guys, there's nine people saying yes to Jesus right now. Can we just put our hands together and encourage them? It's amazing. Man, we're all gonna pray together and encourage you as you're taking this step in, in faith right now, whether you're rededicating your life or whether you're giving your life to Jesus for the first time. I mean, you're just getting right with God today. It's beautiful. We wanna support you and, and we all need forgiveness, amen? Come on. So why don't we all pray this together? Let's say Jesus. Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean it. Jesus, Jesus. I give you everything. I Thank you for dying on the cross for me, for giving me a new life, for taking my sin and throwing it away, from taking me from dry to drenched, from defeat to victory, from death to life. I give you my everything. I put you first in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout amen and give God praise. God is good, amen. Amen, there's some of you here today that you're just, hey, I want more of the presence of God in my life. I don't wanna be dry, I wanna be drenched, full of the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, you gotta remember that. So you have authority, man. If you got something going on in your life, don't worry about what it looks like. Worry about what God says about it, amen? And if that's you, you just wanna be more connected with God in that way, would you just raise your hand? I, that's me personally, I, I wanna be connected with God. I wanna hear His voice. I wanna feel the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna pray for every single one of you that says, hey, that's me, I wanna be connected with God and have a season of refreshing, of spiritual renewal in my life. Let me pray over you. God, I thank you for every family here that's represented every uh, child that's over in Rad Kids, every kid in here and, and every adult in here, Father, I just pray right now for those people that are saying yes to you. Those people that are saying, God, I wanna be connected with you. I, I need a spiritual renewal in my life. I need a spiritual refreshment in my life. God, would you pour out your spirit on them right now? Help us to leave behind the old man and to leave behind the old ways, to seek your face and to seek your righteousness and become holy in the way that you are holy, Jesus. God, work in us and through us. It's not me that can do it, but God, you in me, oh man, can do the impossible. You in us can do the impossible. So Lord, I pray for every family. Give them favor, Lord Jesus. Help them to feel your presence, to hear your voice, to feel and hear the still small voice leading them and guiding them every day in their lives. And just pour out your presence on them. Give them that renewal that they so desperately want and need. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing today. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Hey, let's give God praise one more time. Thank you so much once again for joining us, for worshiping with us, man, it really is an honor. And I encourage you, please stick around. I'd love to meet you if you're new, especially, and really just in general, I'd love to hang out with you and grab a snow cone out here. We got cone ice, we got pizza. We got all kinds of fun stuff out here. Hang out, we'll have a good time. God bless you.